Oh, gracious God, soften our hearts and help us to love as you have loved us. Amen. Well, good morning, all saints. I want you to consider this your warning. Go ahead and buckle up. This sermon might be a bit uncomfortable, so this is your warning. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul essentially says, okay, y'all, let's stop all the pretense. Let's put away the falsehood, the lies, the mask that we wear in front of each other, and instead, let's tell the truth. Let's tell one another the truth because despite how we might be acting, we are actually one members of one, we are all members of one body, and therefore we deserve to know the truth about each other. And so this morning, I want to drop all the pretense and be honest about where my heart and thoughts have been this week. Instead of standing here and preaching a feel-good sermon about John's never-ending metaphor around Jesus being the bread of life, and despite the fact that it's Fun Day Sunday, yeah, it's Fun Day Sunday. (laughs) Despite that fact, today I'm going to talk about some hard and not-so-fun things. You see, dear siblings in Christ, this week on August the 9th, marked the fourth anniversary of Michael Brown's death in Ferguson, Missouri. Just four years ago, the cities of St. Louis and Ferguson were embroiled in protests and fighting. People across this nation, especially young black people, took to the streets to protest ostensibly because an unarmed black teenager was gunned down by a white police officer. Many of you will remember the footage, the long lines of police officers armed with shields and tear gas, the tanks and rubber bullets as they faced off with a group of very angry protesters. Chants of Black Lives Matter echoed throughout the nation as the people grieved the injustice of what it means to be black in this country. Now let me be clear. I want to be clear on this point just in case no one has ever explained this to you before. The protests, the uprisings, the marches, and yes, even the shutting down of highways, those were the outward and visible signs of a people who were deeply grieved by how hard it is to be black in this nation. Martin Luther King Jr. said it best, And I quote, a riot is the language of the unheard. So friends, we protested, not just because black kids are being killed by gun violence, but because black people have been and remain systematically disenfranchised in this nation. We protested because it felt like and it looked like our black lives don't matter. So, dear friends, that's the truth. No more pretending like I feel equal in this country because I don't. I don't feel equal. People, black people have never been treated equally in this country. 
And so as my neighbors, as members of the same body, I needed to be honest with you all about that truth. And listen, I could stand here all day and give statistics about wealth, education, and wage disparities that exist between white people and people of color. I could tell you stories about the devastating impacts of generational poverty that plague people, people who work just beyond these doors. I could stand here and talk all day long about the fact that every African-American person I know has or has had a loved one arrested, incarcerated, and stripped of their voting rights. But instead of me talking about what it is to live in a place where the standard of beauty is white and where the easiest way to ensure economic success in this world is to entertain people who are white, instead of me talking about how it feels to never know if I'm being treated in a particular way based on my character and intellect or because of the color of my skin. Instead of talking about those things, let's just refocus on Ephesians. You see, after Paul tells the people to stop with all of the pretense and to just tell each other the truth, He goes on to list a bunch of other things that the people need to to let go of. Things like stealing and saying evil things. Things like making room for the devil. Paul calls on the people to put away their malice and bitterness and to exchange those things for kindness, forgiveness, and a tender heart. Put another way, Paul says, Stop being so defensive and instead listen to each other's stories with a tender heart. Be sensitive to one another. Be kind. Be forgiving just as God has forgiven you. And my friends, I know this is a tall order. I recognize that it is hard to not get defensive, and chances are I will be defensive when I stand at the back door and you guys have comments about this sermon. (laughs) It's hard not to get defensive, and it can be hard to hear one another's truths, especially when their truth feels so counter to anything that you've ever experienced. But I am clear. That if we want to live in a different kind of society, if we want to live in a place where black lives and Latinx lives, where trans lives and women's lives and immigrant lives, if we want to live in a place where each and every one of our lives is deemed worthy of protection, if we are ever going to live in that kind of place, my friends, we have to learn to be honest with each other about the depths of the brokenness in this society. Friends, we have to learn how to move out of our separate corners and across the aisles that divide us. We have to put away the slanderous words that incite malice and exchange those words for kindness and love. Friends, I need us to create a new world. 
As my spouse and I considered the possibility of what it would be to raise a black child in the American South, I want us to not be afraid of that. If God blesses us with the gift of children, I want them to be treated fairly, regardless of the color of their skin. I want us to not have to choose between sending our children to a school where the children look like them or sending them to a school where the education is as excellent. My friends, God calls us to create a new world. God calls us to build a beloved community where though we may all be different, we are all part of the same body working, living, and striving to love one another just as Christ loves us. And so, my friends, on this fourth anniversary of Michael Brown's death, this is my prayer. I pray that by the grace of the Holy Spirit, our ears will be opened to the cries for justice. I pray that our hearts will be made tender, ever responsive to the needs of each other. And finally, I pray that we will learn to live peaceably in love. May God help us. May we always remember that we are loved first by God, and therefore we can love one another. Amen.